and welcome to Wexcast, the normally fortnightly podcast that took a little break in October while I was on holiday, but we are back. And in this episode, myself and Dave have a little sit-down chat to catch you guys up on all of the refit stuff that has been going on in store. And then we have a little chat about the November books of the month, and then we have a little chat about all of the exciting releases that are coming in time for Christmas, either ones that we missed over October or just some other big ones uh, before December. Of course, we didn't have time to go through all of them because this time of year there are a lot of books coming out. Before we get started on the podcast proper, I just want to let you guys know that I have been doing some vlogs for the refit to let you guys in on a bit of a backstage behind the scenes fun of what's going on with the refit now i've been doing those over at my own booktube channel and i will put the links to those videos in the audio description for this podcast but if you want to search on youtube for the book nook you can find my channel on there and i've got two vlogs so far and there'll be another one or two before everything is finished um, in the refit so if you want to have a little look at what's going on as things are happening and uh, look at the madness that's ensuing the wonderful madness that we're all enjoying a lot then check out those videos so there's only going to be another two episodes of Wexcast before Christmas we're going to do another one in about a fortnight's time that will be a bit of a hodgepodge episode so we'll be doing our sort of usual bookseller catch-up but we'll also be having a chat about other major pre-Christmas releases books that you guys either won't have heard of or won't possibly know the exact dates that they're coming out and a lot of exciting books that we as booksellers want to champion in the run-up to Christmas then the final episode of 2017 will be our books of the year episode so that will be coming in early December I will have a chat with all of the booksellers or as many of the booksellers as I convince to get on the podcast to tell me what their book of the year is and that'll be coming out around the same time that the Waterstones book of the year is announced so we will all have a chat about that as well so without further ado on with the show I'm gonna have to buy this even though I've got the hardback obviously 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 you can give me the hardback no has your addiction become thus that you have to buy the paperback versions of hardbacks only if they're books already in no, not in general. Only if they're books that I really, really love. Okay. So, Lincoln and the Bardo. Okay. You know I've got four like 12, different editions of that. 12 copies. No, I've got four. I've got the UK hardback, yep. signed. Mm-hmm. I've got the American hardback. Mm-hmm. I've got the UK proof edition. Mm-hmm. And I've got the Waterstones exclusive hardback edition. So, what you're trying to say to me is you're not obsessive. Only about books I really love. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's a compliment to books, I think. Yes. Obviously, when Lincoln and the Bardo comes out in paperback, I'll have to get that. It's nothing to do with the fact that you are an obsessive collector of fiction. Only of books it's, I love. It's only that it's <laughs> testament to the, how lovely the book is. Look, there's a bit of both, okay? okay? I could easily... Because I am quite a, you know, obsessive-compulsive buyer of books, I could do that with like all books. Hang on. But no. I don't. Are we recording this? Because yeah. I, now I have this on audio so that when you say oh no it's just actually for the love of books actually we can go like this particular books i would do it for we can play it back and then go hey it's actually because i am a bit (laughs) and we'll be like oh right yeah look see you said that on on record yeah i'm very bat myself into a corner here mind you i buy as much as i can as well i was gonna say what was that massive have you bought that one yet? That massive graphic novel? What was that book? No, I'm buying that on hardback, actually. That's... It wasn't graphic novel, was it? It was an artist book. It, well, it kind of is and isn't. Right. So, um, 
There's a guy called Chris Ware, who is an illustrator and a comic book uh, writer, and he's done the Acme novelty libraries for years. Um, he used to do them, I think, yearly. He, it used to be called the quarterly, I think, but it actually was yearly, I think. And he's got really his illustrations amazing. So he it almost looks like graphic design rather than illustration as mm. you would expect it to be. Everything's got straight lines and it looks like architect's drawings. Mm. And yet inside the stories are of depression and loneliness and it's so bleak and yet it's so amazing. I'm a bit in love with him. And he does a load of illustrations for the New Yorker. He's done New Yorker covers and he oh, also writes yeah. for McSweeney's quarterly uh, as well. So he does a lot of the covers for McSweeney's. Yeah. And the McSweeney's art book and stuff, he did the cover for that. Um, and it's just full of publishing book lover details. Yeah. So even stuff like the barcode at the back has like a little spiel he's written on the barcode. Yeah. And the McSweeney's art book came out years ago, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, something like that. And um, when it came out, the front of it, it's a lovely big red hardback, but it's covered in a book jacket but the book jacket has got a novel on the book jacket in small no print and you open it up and it's both sides as well but you wouldn't notice that unless you really looked Amazing. at this book Amazing. it's got a short story written on the book jacket in the design it's oh it's oh, it's, it's gorgeous it's so nice anyway he's done a new book it's 40 quid and it's this humongous book yeah because I know it came in and we were like, where are we going to put this? And you were just visiting and you were like, I'll buy it. And we're like, great. Payday's <laughs> coming up and I'm going to be, next payday, I'm going to be, um, I'll be buying it. Producing I mean, that. I shouldn't really because it's Christmas. I've been told not to buy anything. Treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> coming from us. I, I was calling you a compulsive, uh, compulsive obsessive. Now it's me. I mean, I think I probably am one of the worst though, aren't I? Yeah, you yeah. are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> You're totally the worst. <laughs> But it's really good though. Like even one of the new booksellers, Felicity, she's only been working as a bookseller for like a week. And yesterday I put two books. I was like, I'm going to buy those. And she was like, So how many books do you buy on average day? <laughs> I was like, No. <laughs> and we haven't forewarned her. She's just picked up on it. <laughs> she's just picked up on it. She's been working here for how long? Three days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I I must say though, like this, this Chris Ware book. I'm just going to talk about Chris Ware for an hour now. Mm -hmm. cool. So this Chris Ware book is, I think it's a collection of his of his illustrations and something like uh, uh, method behind his drawing and writing I mm. think it's it's a huge coffee table art book mm. but what he does though is he plays around with publishing different types of publishing mm -hmm. and different uh, forms of publishing so he did a McSweeney's where the McSweeney's quarterly came out and it was all junk mail hey, right. it, it came out in a big plastic bag and you would sort of ziplock the bag and inside were just pamphlets but the, all the pamphlets were graphic novels they were all kind of i've got it at home it's amazing Yay. and it and it was um and it was sort of uh, little yeah graphic novels little sort of one-off short stories and stuff it was amazing oh. and they do all sorts they've got um humongous books sort of the size of a table and then they'll print something that's uh, sort of cloth bound and it, oh, it's just so pretty they're just sort of publishing for the sake of publishing but it's so nice I did not realise that 
is that his? Yeah, the box. Building stories. The building stories, yeah. So I did not realise that one is yeah, just that, over there. That's him. Oh. And I've got that at home as well. And inside, mm. again, it's like pamphlets. And yeah, 14 printed works, cloth-bound books, newspapers, board sheets, and flip, bo- flip books packaged in a box set. We've had that out for a while. and we've had, we, we, It's one of those books you don't really know where to, to shelve it. It doesn't go in graphic novels, mm. doesn't go in art. I, mean, I think we keep them in art. Uh, and some of them in graphic novels. Mm. So if you come into the shop, do go to graphic novels first. Yeah. Have a look in there, and then go to the art section and look in art because actually we we shelve it in mm. both because it, it crosses the genres. It's amazing. Of course, if you come in at the moment, just check with us where the graphic novel section is because of the because of the <laughs> refit. Yeah, definitely. Which is a, a neat segue, I think. I did that on purpose. Yeah, said. yeah. So we took a little break from the podcast for a little while because. I went on holiday, and nobody else knows how to use the microphone. <laughs> we actually don't know how, where the on button is on this thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we've taken a little uh, hiatus from the podcast, but we are back mm-hmm. with lots of stuff to catch up on. We are currently sat upstairs on the first floor, and uh, we've got... Most of the bookcases look lovely now. They're all installed, and the books are on the bookcases. We're actually sat in the far corner where there is... We're well, essentially sat in the bookcases. The yeah. Moment. Yeah. It, there are no books on this particular bookcase because it was only built last night. Not even any shelves. Yeah. Just the general feeling of a bookshelf. There are sort of wires hanging around and strip lighting to be put in and all sorts. But it looks amazing. Yeah. And that's the new finished look we're going for. Yeah. <laughs> going to go for the DIY look. <laughs> the DIY look. So essentially, anyone who's been in store, you would have noticed. Um, and even if you haven't, you may have seen us tweeting about it and shouting about it. The store is going through a very exciting refit. Now we're getting another floor. And we're getting a customer lift. We're going to obviously have a new staircase as well to get to the other floor. And everything is being refurbished and made all shiny and new. New ceilings, new floors, new bookcases. New lights, yeah. new floors, mm-hmm. new... Totally all new stuff. No, I'm joking. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're out of a job. <laughs> this is the last podcast. No. They've got young, younger, nicer models. <laughs> they're upgrading. <laughs> no, they're downgrading. Yeah. Yes. They're downgrading. Upgrade the, sh- the, the store, downgrade the stuff. No. Indeed, darling. Indeed. <laughs> so everything is very exciting, um, but obviously everything is a little bit mad. A little bit mad. Yeah, but good mad. Good because, mad. Because um, it's so exciting. So w- I've only been here a year and a half now. And oh, yeah. yeah, and um, and in my time, uh, I've worked in the children's department uh, for a good chunk of it. And uh, in my time, I've seen... Uh, this store, which was sort of white and metal, now go to wood and soft lighting. So it's yeah. really, really nice. And we see the children's department. I, I didn't know whether or not I was sad mm. or a mixture of excitement and sad because when the shelves were ripped out only mm-hmm. last night. Yep. Before? So at, at the time of recording this, the children's section, the f- the first new bit of the new children's section was built and finished on Monday, mm. and then yesterday the guys were clearing out the kids section into that new bit so that the builders could come and rip out the old kids section they've yeah. made a start on that overnight and it, and it took it took kind of uh, was it seven eight years I know that Michelle had been working in the children's yes. department of tending for it lovingly yes. and doing an amazing job of making sure it was all neat and tidy yep. and shelved then I came in and did a bit I did a very small stint of what six months or so of looking after it and making sure that it was uh, all nice and neat again. 
And then all of a sudden, in the space of about 15 minutes, builders came in and ripped <laughs> and it all gone. apart. And it's gone. Michelle was in yesterday, and at one point she's like, oh, it's a bit emotional, it's all moving. Yeah, and it her. is, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of change for the store, but it's exciting change. I think it's good change, and, yeah. and, and we've discussed this and said that it is sad to see things get, you know, you've, you've tended for it and cared for it mm. for so many years, but it's exciting because what we did have was starting to look a little dated, yeah. and we were trying, we were doing our best with it, mm-hmm. and as best as we were doing, I think that um, we needed new furniture just to yeah. make, elevate the place to our ambitions exactly. of what we have and it's an ambitious store an ambitious project and we can now start seeing it appear in front of our eyes rather mm. than talking about it and now importantly customers can start seeing it yes. as well and they're all excited as well it's such a nice thing to be part of yeah i, I, I mentioned children's earlier on and actually it's children's department which is probably getting a huge increase mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the whole of the back of the ground floor will be children's department yep. um and it's just Oh, it's so amazing to start seeing it. So children's department, if you knew our store, inside, on the ground floor, behind the stairs on the right-hand side, one sort of third of the floor was children's. Now we've cleared all that bit out and we've actually transferred it over to the left-hand side. So we've still got the same amount of space for children's, Mm -hmm. but it's got all brand new bookcases. And when the next bit opens up, oh, it's going to be amazing. Can't wait. It's going to be sort of nearly twice the size, nearly Mm. exactly twice the size. Yeah, yeah. So can't wait. And Dave and I were sat here this morning talking about, and obviously we can't talk too much about what will definitely be happening, but we have started making tentative plans for launch parties and exciting events in the new year, because this is going to be the place to be. Yeah, I think the the vision that we've all got, and it comes from the booksellers up through to the management and then back down, is that we want this to be almost a cultural hub for literary nurse, 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 nurse mm-hmm. in Exeter because sure. um, we've had two very good, nice stores, the um, our cathedral branch, the high street branch down the road, the smaller one of the two. They've been excellent of uh, nurturing local authors and local events. We here over in the corner in Roman Gate next to John Lewis, we've had slightly larger events with bigger names and now that we've got um, this huge amazing space events next year can be uh, unified and we've got tons of ideas Mm -hmm. for it and going through the list this morning with Livy it was great because um, we just sort of you know we fill pages and pages (laughs) nothing's out there nothing's too out there just just put some names on paper and see what can happen and it was so nice to see some of the brilliant ideas we've got coming up Mm -hmm. even if we get a tenth of it it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. So, first of all, we're going to talk about our books of the month for November. Now, in December, there won't be any books of the month, so these are the last books of the month. But, of course, December will all be about our book of the year, the Waterstones book of the year, which will be voted for by booksellers. Um, so, stay tuned for that. We will also be doing on our podcast, I'm going to be going around and asking all of our booksellers here in Exeter what their book of the year is. So, that one's going to come out sort of beginning of December. I'm really looking forward to it. In fact, I thought I had chosen my book of the year. Yeah. All the way up until a few weeks ago when another book came out. Well, a month ago when another book came out. Mm. I think I've told everyone this already, so it won't be a surprise. And I won't say it now, but this book is amazing. And, yeah. I, and, I'm, and I can't wait to talk about it when we do that podcast. So, the books of the month for November. Let's start oh. with the fiction book of the month. So that's A Gentleman in Moscow. Is it Moscow or Moscow? I never know. I always is say Moscow. Is that another one I always say Moscow, and, and I've been saying Chris Riddell for ages. I don't know if it's Chris Riddle or Chris... We said this just now, didn't yeah. we, before? 
Uh, I'm going to say Moscow, and I'm going to say it with conviction, so no one questions me. Okay, okay, so a gentleman in Moscow. (laughs) (laughs) You can see how unnatural it is to me to say it that way, though, isn't it? Say it, you be you, I'll be me. Okay, if you get confused, guys, it's the same book. (laughs) So a gentleman in Moscow, Moscow, by Amor Towles. I'm guessing we're pronouncing that right as well. Towles, no, no (laughs) Towles. Amor Towles. And it's essentially about a count who is deemed an unrepentant aristocrat by a Bolshevik trial and he's sentenced to house arrest yeah, in, the 20s, in a grand hotel. In the 20s in Russia when, you know, soon after and as it was ongoing, the Russian Revolution and when all of the um, bourgeoisie were being sort of, you know, taken out and mm-hmm. disposed of and this guy gets uh, um, taken from his lavish life from the jockey club and being master of the hunt and he, uh, out of the Kremlin, across Red Square and he goes into a hotel where he's bundled up into the attic and he is left to live his life in this attic in seclusion for decades and this is billed as a comedy it doesn't sound like yeah. it and the front cover doesn't look it either because the front cover kind of looks almost sort of I've been saying Jean le Carré it or John le Carré Jean, Jean le Carré Jean le Carré Moscow Moscow and Jean le Carré Jean le Carré um, Jean le Carré's uh, it does, it looks more white. kind of espionage fiction, but it is, yeah, it's a sort of comedy of characters, isn't it? Yeah, and, and one, of our, um, one of our posters downstairs says uh, about being a fantastic comedy, and it I doesn't look it yeah. and didn't sound like it at all, but it's, it seems like it's a very different book to what we've been having yeah. for Fiction Book of the, of the Month. Um, this one, not only being a comedy, but also being about a subject where uh, seclusion where you don't put the two together, mm. it looks really good. It was huge in America, apparently, in this last year. It's been absolutely huge over there, and it's been sort of compared a little bit Grand Budapest hotel Oh, okay. Which sounds quite... That's really cool. That that's so, such a great film. Such a great film. Okay, that's really cool. So, yeah, this one it sounds like an absolute cool. So then next up, we're going to talk about our thriller of the month, which will be familiar to anyone who's been in over October, because it's The Crow Girl by Eric Axelsund. It's another one, much like with The Dry by Jane Harper. It's just had such a fantastic reception that when we love it so much that we're keeping it for November. It makes sense. And yeah, regular listeners to the podcast will have seen a pattern where occasionally we'll have books roll over because they're just so popular. Mm. This one's very good that it does, I think, because although I've not read it, I've been told so much about this book. I'm told this book originally were three different novels. Yeah. But one, book two, and book three are actually collated in this one volume. And of course, there's two authors as well, writing together under the name of Eric Axelsund. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I can't remember who they are now. That's really cool, though. Yes, the pseudonym for two authors who've been friends and collaborators for years. It's Jerka Eriksson and Hakan Axlander Sundqvist. Obviously, we pronounced them perfectly. Obviously. Moscow, Moscow. <laughs> yeah, I really went in strong with those uh, Scandi names. They're like, I'm just going in with confidence. <laughs> And the additions that we've got as well, I'm just flicking, because it's got these gorgeous sprayed edges with this gorgeous blue, and oh, it looks lovely. Come in and flick the pages for yourself. It's really good for radio, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's not a cosy Scandi. It's a it's a it's gritty, not a soft Scandi. It's a dark Scandi. Gritty, dark, and I think that's original Scandi crime fans. Yeah jumped on to the yeah. grittiness of it and I think over time to accommodate everyone there have been authors that have come out that have just toned done it the softer down Scandi, but this is harking back to a bit more your Steve Larson millennium yeah. trilogies which is quite brutal 
and unflinching. Um, and Lars Kepler with a Stalker and the Hypnotist, I think, was the first one as well. Um, it's another one, so if you've read any Lars Kepler, you're going to love this one. It's, it sounds brilliant, and it's for those people wanting a hard-hitting Scandi crime novel. Those people that are out there, they go through them at a rate of knots, and this is in three books, so you get tons of book for your money. Yep, I like that. A lot of book for your buck. A lot of book for your buck. Right, so I've got Felicity and Andy here, who have both read, or... Wait, you've, Felicity, you finished it. I finished and it. And Andy, you're partway through. I'm near the end. I've got about 100 pages to go. Okay, of Crow Girl. So, I'm just going to hand over to you guys. Crow Girl. Very dark, very the, twisted. Definitely. Yep, it's um, Scandi Noir, mm-hmm. which is always a fantastic read anyway. Doesn't disappoint. Centres on um, the lead police investigator, who's a woman who suffers a bit of sexism in the workplace. And it's partly the story of how she juggles a really demanding job with her home life as well. And then the second character is a therapist called Sophia, who gets linked into the investigation with the lead police investigator. And then it all gets incredibly complicated. I think it's the best way of saying yeah. yeah, it's loads of twists and turns as it goes along. I would, I would say ambitious, I think. Yeah. Does yeah. it off, though? I think for the most part, yes. Um, I I haven't finished, but I know you, you <coughs> yeah, have. Yeah, I have. So it, it's quite, you may have mentioned already, it's quite a long book. It's about 750 pages, so it's really quite meaty. I've got 100 pages to go, and up till now I've really enjoyed it, and now a few things have happened that I wasn't quite expecting. It's thrown me off course slightly. But and I think it tries to do that throughout, doesn't it, yeah. really? And I think if you read it separately as three books, it would work just as well as reading it as one whole book. Yeah, if anything, I sort of think with the three sections, I'm in hindsight, I may have, if I went back, I would do one and then maybe read something in between yeah. and go back again because it is a little bit... I know we said about Girl Dragon Tattoo previously, mm-hmm. and I'm sure I think you guys mentioned that. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit like if you imagined you read all three of them back to back. It'd be a lot. So yeah. it's a lot. To, and, and because it's um, the Scandi side, mm-hmm. obviously, it's a lot of names to take in. Yeah. And you have to concentrate on who's who a little bit. Right. So I've really enjoyed it. Um, definitely, yeah, me too. It, it really something to get your teeth into. It's a page turner, isn't it? It really is. The yeah. characters are very strong and they're very independent. They're very feisty. Very interesting characters as well. Mm. But I think if I read it again, I would read one, go and read something else, and then come back. Yeah. So would you recommend reading part one, then reading one of our other books of the month, then reading part two, then reading another book of the mm. month, and then reading part three, and then our final book Amazing. of the month? Amazing. <laughs> if, if only if there was three like more books if of only, the month. If only. <laughs> yeah, I thought halfway through it, I thought, you know what, I could really do with reading about what a cow's life is actually like. <laughs> or a would, gentleman in Moscow. Or a gentleman I've in Moscow. i started that. That would work really well. Yeah, if, if I could read it again, I would definitely like to read a light-hearted, factual book about cows in between and then go back to it. I think that would really accentuate the story. You know what, Andy? I think I've got just the book for you. Yes. And do you know, there's also <laughs> quite a light-hearted, witty, funny book about a gentleman who lives in Moscow, and it's the story of how he adapts to the changes in his circumstances. Would that be the kind of thing you would have gone for between between the... Yeah. Well, then I've got that book for you as well. Thank you. And then to round it all off, I've got about a bit... A bit, a bit, a bit, a bit. We were so close to being... Next. 
Kids Book of the Month. Ah, I'm excited. Oh my god, and again, <laughs> not great for podcasts because I really want to show you the cover of this book. It's so pretty. Just If you guys just look at your phone screen or your computer screen, whatever, and just imagine you can see it. That would make us feel better. This is called The Polar Bear Explorers Club by Alex Bell. And it's illustrated by Tomislav Tomic. The illustrations are unbelievably pretty. It's so cute. The front cover, I think, is not an accident, but it looks very Philip Pullman. Yeah, yeah. That's um, one of the main things we've we've all said about this book is the Philip Pullman vibes are palpable, and it's the perfect time of year for that because it's 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 about a young girl who joins the Polar Bear Explorers Club, so she goes on an expedition to the Icelands. So if you've read Philip Pullman's Northern Lights and you particularly love, as I do, the bits where Lyra goes off with the polar bears, then you're going to love this. So the Northern Lights was aimed at older children, right? So older children would would read this and have... It was a fantastic use of language. Uh, Philip Pullman has an amazing way with words. Now, this uh, story, we would aim at younger we all looked at this and we all agreed on 10 years old yeah. or so. Strong eight-year-olds, strong reading eight-year-olds. Strong eight, strong nine, but 10, 11, yep. we think is probably the best. And it's, I mean, what's not to love? Not only has it got the Philip Pullman, you know, polar bear stuff, but also it's just a story of adventure. Mm. It's a classic story of adventure, um, of being on ships and going to polar regions, and it's got that kind of Shackleton thing to yes, it. Yes. Um, going out into the wilderness and dealing with you know wild animals and such. I just, I think it's fantastic I'm time of year. I think it looks very very pretty. The illustrations throughout are great, and it's perfect release time for people that want something that's similar to Philip Pullman, but just want something different. Yeah. It's great. I'm buying a copy because it's just... You've got giant yetis, magical golden geese, and terrifying carnivorous cabbages. I mean, when you're 10 years old, all you want to read about is giant 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 carnivorous carnivorous cabbages. cabbages. And then our final book of the month for November is our non-fiction book of the month, which is The Secret Life of Cows by Rosamund Young. Are we allowed to have favourites when it comes to book of the month? I think so. This is my favourite, without a doubt. Um... In my opinion, we've left the best till last when it comes to the book of the month. Uh, yeah, non-fiction book of the month, Secret Life of Cows. This is a beautiful thing. Uh, this is this is beautiful. This is a hardback book, but a small paperback size. Yes. Um, and it's a, it's a thin little volume. It's uh, a couple hundred pages long. And it's fantastic. We have Alan Bennett to thank for this, don't we? The, the story that I've heard is that uh, it was released uh, uh, very like a short, local publisher wasn't it yeah very small print run uh, and Alan Bennett read it loved it and has been championing this yeah. for a long time and now it's released in hardback and the front cover's just got two cows looking at each other inside when you open the first page on the inside cover is a family tree of the pedigrees uh this particular family and this particular pedigree of cow of which the author owns yep and inside the book it's part fact and part anecdote whereas the chapters are named after the cows by their names amazing uh, like little bonnet and smasher and straw beret and fat hat but the 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 book it's inside is full of lovely anecdotes about different mannerisms, different uh, things when it comes to science and, and, and the breeding, but it's all got that personal touch to it. Yeah, 
a really great one for fans of um, James Rebanks' Shepherd's Life, which was our non-fiction book of the month about a year or so ago. An absolutely fantastic book. So yeah, this one, it does, it looks absolutely gorgeous. And in Devon, here in Exeter, uh, in the heart of Devon, well, it's going to do amazing. we got plenty of cows down here. got plenty of farmers <laughs> down here, love. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be amazing. And the um, hardback nature of it, and being a small book at 9.99, it's just going to make a great present for Christmas. And we're in November now, so that's what people are thinking of. Absolutely. It's just going to be amazing. I can't wait to see how many copies we sell. It should sell amazing. All of them. All of the copies. It's going to sell out. And those were our books of the month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now we're gonna have a little quick catch up because, of course, we didn't do an episode at all in October. Now, basically, because of the time of year it is, there's so many books coming out all the time. I'm not gonna do what we've done before, which is go through like a calendar of them because we will be here all week. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. But we're just going to talk about some of the big sort of releases that have come out recently and that we're really excited about and that we think you guys will want to know about. The first one I want to give a shout out to, because we didn't do a podcast when this was coming out, is Tom Hanks's Uncommon Type. So it's a collection of short stories uh, that Tom Hanks has written over the years. Now Tom Hanks is, other than being a, you know just an amazing actor and an amazing human being, he has got one of the biggest collections of typewriters. He's a huge typewriter nerd. Um, I am like a mini typewriter nerd. So for many reasons, I've been so excited about this collection. And I've read it and it's beautiful. His writing is like warm and friendly, but there are some in there that have got slightly more futuristic elements in there. Some that are sort of set in the past and that he's got this wonderful, wonderful tone. So this one is just, I found all of the stories as well have got a typewriter in them in some form, but it's not shoehorned in in any of them a natural little little sprinkling of typewriters <laughs> and it's just it's just wonderful it gave me the warm and fuzzies so it's a perfect gift for anyone this christmas importantly as well it got good reviews in, indeed well so, by me just now not just by it's you the only one that matters. Of, of which is you know the, the, only, the only reviewers i need to the only reviewer i need to listen to but <laughs> but it did get genuinely get good reviews yeah. and i think that um it's so easy to be so cynical when a, when a, a huge celeb releases a book when something like this happens people initially go oh and the author the celeb has to do a lot of hard work to make sure that you know it's not mm. going to be a dud i th- i think this is uh, got a great concept it's got great reviews and it's about a quirky little subject yeah. you know i i love it i, I love it and it looks pretty and what more do you- so we've also got uh, for non-fiction we've actually got the huge lovely like we did last year we have the huge blue planet 2 book that's out it's an amazing book it's huge big coffee table book full of photography and it's just jaw-droppingly beautiful it's the most beautiful companion to the most beautiful show the as of time of recording this has only been one episode only one that's episode come out so far. so far and when i worked watched the first episode i thought oh. was your jaw on the floor yeah absolutely yeah. My favourite bit was the bit when the whales met the dolphins. Yes. And the dolphins turned around and went, Hello! Hello. And they all made this sort of huge hunting pack. It was amazing. Because it, it built the tension. And yep. I thought, oh my God, these, these dolphins are done for. Like, and because the, the, the whales were like <laughs> nudging them. And I'm like, I'm going to see like dolphins being eaten on yeah. TV. Yeah. I don't want to see little yeah. dolphin get eaten. But then we saw whales and dolphins being friends. They'll be buddies. <laughs> The one thing I would say about that episode, not enough sea otters. Not enough sea they otters. They set up sea otters. 
Mm -hmm. Showed us a few shots. We're like, here's some sea otters. And I was like, great. I'm going to settle in for some good sea otter action. Yeah. And then it went down to those weird fish with the bulbous heads. Oh, yeah. Weird fish with the bulbous yeah. heads. Yeah. It's so that's, that's all fish. I'd say. It's just not quite enough otters yet. Yeah. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, I think I'd give it a 9 out of 10 for the first episode. Yeah. Would have been a 10 if more otters. Maybe even an 11. Maybe. Most likely. So last year when Planet Earth 2, not Blue Planet 1, but Planet Earth 2 came out last year, um, we sold out. And I think you'll find that a lot of bookshops will sell out. Yeah. So if you are thinking of getting this... <laughs> if you've watched like the first episode and thought, oh, I'll give it another couple of episodes before I buy it, don't. Like We already know the whole series is going to be amazing, and yep. this book is amazing, so get it now. And and also alongside it, there's the David Attenborough biography. Yes. So um, we're quite canny. We've put them together. Yeah. Adventures of a Young Naturalist, the Zoo Quest Expeditions. And I think they would make amazing companion books. Yeah. Um, for anyone that's nature mad, wants to go into zoology, wants to talk about documentary making, any teenagers that are out there thinking about working in that industry. Anybody um, who wishes David Attenborough was their granddad. Uh, of which everyone does. Every human on the planet. Uh, on Blue Planet. On and the Blue Planet. <laughs> blue planet on the Blue too. Planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, they're just it's a fantastic book. Buy it now because it will sell out. And last year we struggled to mm. get more copies in. Yeah. Some people must have gone with their Christmases without. Yes. Poor them. So yeah, jump in and grab it. And then we've got things like the new Nigel Slater. From what I've seen of it, it's not just recipes. It's like a love letter to food and to Christmas food. He's he's almost like a, a literary cook, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's written his own book. He had his own film made of his own life. That was great. Yeah, his books are not just cookery books. No, they're more than, more than just a cookery book. These days, cookery books are coffee table books, essentially. Loads of gorgeous photography yeah. and these recipes that you'll probably never make but just you know <laughs> salivate over yeah whereas Nigel Slater he goes to the nth degree with this I mean the book itself is only a small book in comparison to other cookery books yeah. but it's really thick and it's just it's so indulgent mm. it's so beautiful it is I think that anyone is a proper foodie, anyone that uh, adores home cookery and likes the finer things in life or aspires to have the finest things yeah. in life like myself, yep. then uh, absolutely uh, buy it for that person in your life that is an absolute foodie because they will just love it, love it, love it. It's amazing. It's the perfection of food writing. That and Nigella. That and Nigella. Of mm. course, she's got a new series, At My Table, and she's got a new cookery book out as well, At My Table, which yep. goes alongside that TV series. Christmas we... is such a foodie time of year. I love it so much. Isn't it so cool? It's so good. I just can't wait to have pigs in blankets. <gasps> Oh my god, I love pigs and blankets. Speaking of literary cooks, though, yes. I just want to jump in with one that's coming out um, in a few weeks' time, I think, possibly only a couple of weeks' time. Eat What You Watch, a cookbook for movie lovers, and I just think this looks amazing. Oh my god, A cookbook that, looks great. that does recipes from things. So you've got like Harry Potter's Butterbeer, you've got the Ratatouille from Ratatouille. Just looks fabulous. That just sounds amazing. What was it called again? Eat What You Watch, a cookbook for movie lovers by Andrew Rea. That's out in the middle of November. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, haven't I mentioned this yet? Of course, 2nd of November was the official release date of Ali Smith's Winter. So we are, just for all podcast listeners out there, um, I have the number one Ali Smith superfan sitting right next to me right what? now. 
Livy, introduce yourself. I worship at the altar of Ali Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, she's just one of the most amazing human beings and one of my favourite writers. And Winter is the second in her seasonal quartet. So this time last year we had Autumn, came out in hardback. Then when that was released in paperback, that was up for the Man Booker Prize this year, which of course went to Lincoln in the Bardo, which is one of my favourite books of the year. So I was okay with it. I was okay. I was okay with that. I was okay with that. For the, for those people that have the bingo card for uh, for Waterstones Book of the Year, <laughs> you can now cross out Lincoln in the Bardo, yeah. and you could probably cross out Ali Smith. Yep. Okay. And we've mentioned Philip Pullman. So and Philip Pullman. Yeah, I haven't mentioned mine yet, you which is quite good. You that wait. Yeah. Yeah. But Ali Smith. Yeah. But Ali Smith. So Winter is the second in the seasonal quartet, and they are a quartet of books based on the seasons, obviously, but they are written, edited and published within a very short space of time. So they are very present novels, very of the moment. So Autumn spoke a lot about Brexit, Brexit yeah. the referendum, feelings about that, but how it related on a human level in terms of friendships with people. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm only a few pages into winter so far already. It's very different. Do you call yourself a super fan? <laughs> You've only, you're only a few pages in? Because you're not work. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, excuse me, customers, I have Alice Smith to read. <laughs> it's a bit like black books, isn't it? it Giving is. people a tenner to go away once, yeah. you could, once you get to read yeah. with your glass of red wine. Oh, why not work? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's already very different. So far, it's following this woman who has, you're not quite sure if it's a vision or if it's a real thing of a floating human head oh, right. that follows her around, but then she can interact with this human head. And that, as I said, that's as far as I've got so far. Um, but it's meant to deal with sort of like a family and a haunting of a family. Um, so I'm just really excited to see how this one turns out. Early reviews have been, perhaps unsurprisingly, incredibly positive. Um, so if anybody wants to come in and talk about Ali Smith with me, you won't get a word, do. You won't get a word in, word in edgeways because <laughs> <laughs> Livy will talk to you about it for an hour. <laughs> I, I, it does sound amazing though. And, and she's got a good reputation for good reason. And... Uh, because she's an amazing human being. Because she's an amazing human being, we know. And, uh, <laughs> and and yeah, and I think that actually that's possibly going to be one of the sleeper hits of the year. Yeah. I say sleeper because uh, those people that don't ordinarily read that type of thing are being instructed to read it now, from not only from us, but from bookshops around the country. And I yeah. think she'll get a whole new wave of fans just off this series, yep. this season oh. series. Yep. So, of course... Um, We've spoken about books that we're really liking, and we would be remiss if we didn't mention that yesterday, as of time of recording, mm-hmm. was uh, David Walliams's Bad Dad release. A new Walliams in time for Christmas. It's Perfect. almost it's almost as if it was some great plan. Bad Dad looks brilliant. Um, it it is what it says on the front of the front of the book. Um, dads come in all sorts of shapes and sizes there are fat ones and thin ones tall ones and short ones there are silly ones and serious ones loud ones and quiet ones of course there are good dads and then there are bad dads and it's illustrated by tony ross as always Uh, it's just i need to say no more people will buy it whether i recommend it or not yeah it just looks amazing um i just thankful he didn't release it on father's day (laughs) yes because it would have been the wrong message to give out and it says you get a free mini with it. I've just found it. Just found the free I, we're, mini. We're not going to tell people where the free no, mini is. We're going to let them discover it. it when they see the book. It's just genius. Speaking of new kids books, though, that are coming out in time for Christmas, there is, of course, a new Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Getaway yeah. by Jeff Kinney. That's coming out on the 7th. It is. That one on the Walliams, you've got Christmas sewn up right there. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, also, as well, I'm just going to tack on one more, but we've gone from two huge books that everyone will know about and everyone will buy no matter what to another book which came out in September, and I wanted to mention it because um, it's been out in hardback now. I read the proof, and the proof is amazing. It's called The Wanderling, and it's by Mira Bartok. I've pronounced that terribly, I'm sure. Uh, the Wanderling, and it's about a, a species of animal human mm-hmm. that isn't human. Okay. Humans live in this world. Right. Animals live in this world. And in between animals and humans, you have the Wanderlings, or at least the Groundlings, which are anthrop- anthropomorphized. Mm-hmm. Well done. I can never say that word. Animals. Uh, this one is about, particularly about a little fox. <gasps> I know. Aww. And the little fox is has a destiny. He it starts off like the most evil Roald Dahl esque, you know, kind of uh, Matilda, James and the Giant Peach. When this little wanderling, this little groundling, should I say, he is raised in an orphanage for groundlings, and they're all treated terribly, and they're all put to work in this sort of uh, workhouse environment. And they're all bullied, especially uh, the main character. He's bullied mercilessly by some of the others. And he's only quiet and little. And he has a special power that you discover. And his special power is that he can actually hear what animals are saying. So not only can they speak human, but also he can listen and hear what the animals are saying, what the mice in the walls are saying, and what the, the ants on the floor are saying. So he understands everything. Um, and that might be his ticket out of this horrible orphanage. Or it might not. They might use that, discover it, and use it against him. It's such a beautiful book. And the language that's used, it's almost like Lemony Snicket's. So the language, it treats children like adults. Right. It doesn't. It's not overly complicated, but it just it doesn't talk down to children or dumb things down. Right. It actually talks on their level, and it gives them something to question mm. and something to read and get interested in. Also, the illustrations just have to mention because Liv has just turned to the <laughs> illustrations in the middle. They are, just opened it up in the middle, and my jaw has dropped. They are beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah, I, I recommend coming in and having a look at the very least. It's called Wandering, and I think it's been lovingly crafted from cover to cover. Oh, the illustrations. Yeah. Obviously, the story and the way it's written, but also the publishing and the way it's produced. Mm. It's just a very pretty and lovely book. And I think it will go under the radar of a lot of people because it's been out for a month or so. And I want it to do even better than it's doing right now. Yeah. Another little gifty hardback that I want to mention. So we were talking about uh, The Secret Life of Cows making a wonderful little gift. Another little gifty hardback that's perfect. It's just $7.99 and it's this gorgeously produced hardback it's mary beard's women and power a manifesto now this is classicist mary beard hero mary beard all around wonderful wonder that she is mary beard cheeky lady amazing amazing of history i love her she's looking at the the gender agenda and showing how history has treated powerful women with someone with a grounding like mary beard to come in and start vocalising mm-hmm. her experiences but also what she thinks about the subject I can't wait to get my own copy as well. That, that's what I'm so excited to, to, to read in this, not just the historical look at it but Mary Beard's own experience of it because of course she has been victim online to a lot of horrific stuff. Yeah, I'd forgotten about Particularly that. Particularly yeah, after absolutely. her, it was, it was question time she was on wasn't it? Was, it was, yeah. It just got horrific horrific abuse online um, and it's just, it just looks absolutely fascinating. So I'm just, I, again, I'm just flicking through it now. And I'm just going to pop this on my little stack of books I'm going to buy thanks to 
doing this podcast. Again, Excellent. for people taking count and the podcast, um, we have three books being sold to Livy so far. <laughs> And I think one for me, which is The Secret Life of Carrie's. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's about the right ratio. Yeah, that is about the right ratio. Yeah. Another one I'd like to mention, um, which has only just come out, um, last year saw us have a book of photography from space. Can you name that astronaut? Yes, it's Tim Peake. <laughs> um, Tim Peake was everywhere last year. Mainly when, in space. Mainly in space, but when he did come back down to, to here... He was everywhere on TV, yeah. uh, radio, and he was uh, being interviewed a lot. It was it, the imagination of children yeah. and adults alike. We sold out of that one. We sold out of it. I forget its name, but we sold out of it. It was a lovely book of photography from space. Are you there, planet Earth? Something like that. And and when it uh, when people were coming in, they were saying, "Oh, kids are being taught this in school." Mm-hmm. Like, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a British astronaut that was up there right now. And, mm-hmm caught the imagination of everyone he now returns for another one and this is like a Q&A book yes for Tim Peake so all the questions that have been asked of him he puts them all in this book it's and even does... called Ask an Astronaut Ask an Astronaut sorry I forgot to say the title <laughs> and, and, and it's just got Q did you train in the centrifuge and did it make you feel sick <laughs> and he does his absolute best to answer them and he takes a page or two on at least on each question they're great and it's got great it's got graphs and pictures and it's fully aimed at i would say you know your children that are dead into space space geeks space geeks i was a space geek i had i had a telescope when i was 12 years old and space geeks and i would say that children aren't the only ones that are going to love this it's going to be everyone so the amanda holden's question oh i saw this unfortunately won't be in there which was did you bring back a bit of the moon yeah brilliant I, I just loved his diplomacy. Well, first of all, Amanda, I wasn't actually on the moon. <laughs> I was in the space station. Oh, but you know, the moon. he's such a lovely he bloke. Is. I he's think so lovely. You find that pretty much all those people, those amazing people that have gone to space. Like Chris Hadfield. Just, oh, Chris Hadfield, I've, I've got a bit of a crush on Oh, Chris everyone's Hadfield. got a crush on Chris like, Hadfield. I have Forhan have, have a bro crush on, yeah. on, on him. He's, he's lovely. Um, he's an amazing bloke. Magnificent moustache. Magnificent moustache. So a few big releases coming up before Christmas on the 5th of November, The Midnight Line by Lee Child. So yeah, that's the next Jack Reacher book that a lot of people have been in asking about because of course a little while ago there was uh, No Middle Name, which was a collection of Jack Reacher short stories. We've had a lot of people asking, when's the next novel out? So there you go, not long to wait. Um, Stephen Fry's new book, Mythos. Retelling of Greek myths, modern retelling. We currently have signed copies in we here. We do. We might not for much longer. Uh, I'm, I'm really <laughs> tempted to buy a copy because yeah. I love. I've, everyone loves Stephen Fry. I mean, he, national treasure. Uh, everyone we, loves the Greek myths. Everyone loves the Greek myths. I have heard a couple of reviews actually uh, knock this one. Oh. Yeah, I know. Um, now the reason why possibly is because Neil Gaiman's Greek myths came out. Yeah, well, no, Norse. Norse Sorry, Norse, Norse myths gods. came. Norse gods came out yeah. recently. And I think off the back of those, they're very different writing styles. Yeah. So if you did pick up Neil Gaiman's and actually thought it wasn't for you, definitely try Stephen Fry's Mythos. Because um, if you're interested or have a vague interest in history, especially myth, I think that this is going to be perfect because his writing style is so accessible Mm. to everyone. Mm. I've read a few of his books in my time. He has got... Obviously, he has a way with words, but what interestingly he does is make it exceptionally 
accessible mm. to dummies like me that don't know anything. I sat there and read Stephen Fry's book on classical music. It's an ages-old book. Yeah. I learnt a, learnt a few things, and it didn't talk down to me, but it made it accessible. Oh, I yeah. loved it. Um, it's a really old book, but I, I'm expecting exactly the same thing of Mythos. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting it to be extremely accessible, and I think that possibly the reason why he got a few knocks from reviews is possibly because of his accessibility. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an elitism yeah. that comes with oh, it, yeah. and and I think that actually I think that this is going to be great. I'm really looking forward to picking it up and having a flick through it, and potentially actually probably buying so a we'll signed copy. Let's add that one to your pile of buying. Yeah, let's have that to my pile. <laughs> I I love him, and I and I think that a lot of people do and will buy it no yeah. matter what. And I think for good reason. He's yeah. got he's great. Yeah. Another one coming out on the fourteenth of November that I do just want to mention is Andy Weir's Artemis. Andy Weir, of course, of the Martian fame. There's mm. a new book coming out, Artemis. Um, Big things. Is this is this difficult second album? I think it well, could well be, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I... it's about a story. It's, it's set on the first city in, on the moon. Um, and it's mostly tourists and some criminals. And then there's a smuggler who works there and then she's offered the chance to make a lot of money and yeah just goes from there space caper martian was amazing right it so was. if the if it goes off the back of the martian it has that sense of humor for me yes, that most was important the key thing yeah then actually this will be a winner something that sci-fi needs is it needs a few popular you know sort of cross media yeah popular novelists like that and I think we've got Ready Player One film coming out mm-hmm. uh, and love or hate it you're actually going to appreciate that it's coming out to a bigger market mm. and the teenagers that watched The Martian and read it because mm-hmm. it's accessible by them they'll now be reading Artemis yep. and Ready Player One and now they'll be writing and yep. they'll be coming up with their own worlds and their own stories I just can't wait for it it's so great then we have got I think I'm just going to mention we're just going to mention a couple more Oh, yes, Dave. Yeah, I brought it up. Um, It's the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter's Philosopher's Stone, and we've had a number of books be released this year, Um, a couple by the British Library. Yes, so we would have missed talking about The History of Magic, um, which is a gorgeous book that's been sort of produced by J.K. Rowling and the British Library Mm -hmm. to go with this exhibition that's going on, and it is just The History of Magic. It's absolutely gorgeous. It is a lovely book, a lovely hardback book with uh, the phoenix on the front, mm. and it's so pretty. Uh, also, a illustrated version, hardback version of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And it looks amazing. Oh my god, it looks amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The front cover um, is of, I don't know what beast that is. No, I don't quite either. But it, anyway, the front cover is amazing. It, it's got um, the head of a pelican yeah, and uh, the body of a blue feathered. Of like a heron. <laughs> Thing. Uh, and it's illustrated by Olivia Lomanek Gill. I've butchered that name. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't do names. So we well. don't do names. Uh, and it's a lovely big square hardback. Um, it's twenty five pounds, and I think it's in the similar fi- in the similar vein as in the illustrated versions of the novels. Yeah. yeah. Uh, different illustrator this mm-hmm. time round, but the illustrations are oh my word they are amazing so for harry potter fans there's plenty this christmas because of course we've not long had the um jim k illustrated prison of azkaban come out yeah and then you've got the history of magic illustration you do big coffee table book and now you've got this Fant- fantastic beast and where to find them no fantastic beast and where to find them there's obviously another film being made another yep. four films being made i thought it was another three is it another three four? there's another 12 films <laughs> being made <laughs> and and uh i think that there is no abating the the 
rabid kind of uh, <laughs> uh, fandom fandom that is around it. Mm-hmm. And Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, when it was originally released, was only a small little paperback hardback. Uh, a paperback hardback? Uh, it's only a <laughs> Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, when it was originally released, was originally uh, just a small little book. This one now with the full illustrated works. Amazing. It's huge. Huge. And the release date for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the illustrated, is the 7th of November. Oh, 7th of November. Keep that on your calendars, although I've seen some copies turn up already. Really? So basically, we could be here all day if we went through all of the new releases that are coming out in November and December but that is just a taste of our books of the month and of some Christmassy ideas we will be hopefully doing one more podcast now before December which will be another sort of run through of some of the best Christmas presents you could be getting people and just books we're excited about for the end of the year and then the last podcast of 2017 will be our booksellers books of the year I'm so excited I can't wait I've still got to make a a decision like I've still got to make a decision can I pick like 20 books as my book of the year can I pick like 15 okay (laughs) (laughs) so I'm going to go around and try and I'm going to start giving people notice now because I feel people are going to need the time every bookseller has got to give me their book of the year so that will be coming at the beginning of December and for listeners start thinking of your book of the year yes and please uh, tweet and tweet Facebook us your books of the year. We start, will do a whole thing, but start start now. Start thinking now so that when it appears, you can get yeah. on it and tweet Hashtag us those. B-O-T-Y. B-O-T-Y. It's the one that will be everywhere. That's <laughs> everywhere amazing. Everywhere this time of year. Hashtag B-O-T-Y. At Waterstones EX. At Waterstones EX. Cool. So we will catch up with you in the next episode, guys. Goodbye. Bye. So that was the first November episode of Wexcast. It's good to be back and have a little chat with Dave about all things bookish. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a mid-month episode for your entertainment and then a couple of weeks later, early December, for our Books of the Year episode as well. In the run-up to our Books of the Year episode, we would love to know what's your book of the year so you can tweet us at waterstones ex with the hashtag boty 2017 i'm sure that that hashtag will not just be used by us it's going to be used by a lot of people in the run-up to seeing out 2017 so let us know what your book of the year is so far or your books of the year you may have multiple i'll allow it but not from the booksellers they've got to choose one each so until the next episode happy reading (laughs) 